0: Beneath the clothes, we find a man. And beneath the man, we find his nucleus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Hispanard. This is... Whoa, sorry about that. This is going to be a short one. There's not a lot to talk about. I mean, there's some to talk about. For example, WonderCon. I hope that anybody who hears this Friday morning is deciding to, has made the decision. For all of those of you who are on the fence... ...about going to WonderCon. WonderCon, I hope that this helps to push you in that direction. I am super excited uh, to be back at WonderCon Anaheim Convention Center, literally my backyard. I know I live in Paramount, but I work at Disney. I mean, it, it definitely feels like my backyard. It was super awesome to walk around uh, tonight... I went to go do the setup for anybody that has never uh, tabled at a convention. That's what the kids call it, tabling, uh, when you have uh, you know, a, a spot in Artist Alley. And, and I'll break it down really quick uh, before I talk about the, the movie that I was actually going to get into today. Uh, for anybody who has thought about uh, doing a convention, number one, I highly recommend it. I I think they're a ton of fun. They're nerve-wracking for sure. I'm not going to lie to you. There is a lot of prep work that needs to get done. And really, what it comes down to is there's as much prep work as you are willing to put in um, to execute your vision for your table and also for the amount of you know things that you're going to bring: prints, artwork, thing. Uh, you know whatever you're going to do: stickers or or pins or anything that you might be into. But um, you know the first step is filling out an application online. After you do that, you pay for your table. You get accepted into the con. Then you move in, and and typically, depending on which convention it is, uh, if it's Comic Con San Diego, the big the big show you actually get to move in i think it's a week before the show actually starts because there's that much prep for everybody all the uh you know companies and people that are going to be there but for something like wondercon you move in the day before you go get your your badge after that you start bringing in your stuff you set up your table to you know however it's going to look and then you start your day the the following day which, with WonderCon, you can get in as early as 7 a.m., even though the show doesn't technically begin, I believe, until 11.30 or noon. And then typically, when they when they open up the con, they give everybody a heads up that they're going to be opening it up early. Uh, there's people that have special tickets sometimes, and they can come in a little bit earlier than your average person. Ton of fun. Cannot wait. I'm super excited. I'm hoping to either do... A podcast from there, or immediately after, and just kind of break down the whole experience. I'm hoping that I can do uh, uh, maybe a, a a breakdown of each day as it's fresh in my mind. I've already uh, one thing that I was going to mention is I got a chance to walk around today and see some of the people that are setting up. So I'm going to get to see some old friends that I literally have not seen in possibly two years, like two and a half years that I've not physically seen them. Uh, I ran into uh, one tonight, which was awesome. And, and, you know, I just told him I appreciated seeing him and it had been a while and he's more like an acquaintance rather than a, than a close friend, but he's such a supportive, kind guy. um, And I feel terrible right now because I can't remember his name, but uh, you know, it's stuff like that. You just run into people that you really appreciate, and you don't even understand how much you've missed them until you you get to see them again. And for me personally, I think I just shut part of my brain down where I didn't really want to think about the people that I didn't get a chance to to visit with and see in in the last few years because it 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 was rough. It was just really rough. Plus, there's a bunch of new people. Uh, you know, the the con is turning out to look quite nice in in uh, the size and the scope of it. So I, I really hope, you know, if you're listening to this and you're on the fence, there are still one-day tickets available. I would definitely recommend it. I think it's going to be a great show where you're going to be able to move around and not have that crazy, overwhelmed, anxiety aspect that you would get at, you know, at a normal convention. Uh, I did San Diego Comic-Con in November and that was a really pleasant, nice experience where people got to move around and people were really there for art and people were there for, uh, you know, just experience to just to be out in the world again with, with fellow geeks and nerds. And so that's, that's awesome. So definitely recommend it to anybody that is listening. If you're on the fence, I say, go at least for one day. I don't think that you'll regret it. So that's my, my pitch for WonderCon, uh, 2022 in Anaheim in, in, at the Anaheim convention center. Oh, wow. Sorry again about that, uh, weird phantom noise. I don't know what I hit, but there hasn't been a lot, uh, to talk about recently when it comes to geek stuff. Uh, obviously, I you know, actually, uh, I'll mention this, uh, I was invited to and really appreciated um, the time that the guys gave me. I was invited to uh, a friend's podcast, uh, uh, Grizz World, which actually has already dropped. It's it's uh, You can find it, I believe, most likely in uh, you know anywhere you, you can get your podcast. But I happened to listen to it off of uh, Apple Podcasts. That's where I ended up... Uh, Uh, listening to the show, and uh, let me, let me get, uh, let me get the exact name correct, because I don't want to misrepresent the guys, they were such awesome dudes, there it is, Uh, Grazy World is, is the name of the podcast, it was, let me see here, it was the latest podcast, which... What was the name of the latest one? Let me take a look here. Oh, there we go. So the latest podcast uh, was Crazy World Gets Explored by A Hispanard. The guys talk... I don't know about that. <laughs> this. I listened to it, but I didn't actually read the description until right now. The guys talk with the legendary Hispanic uh, podcaster host Alex Iniguez. and In this Flintstone meets the Jetson style crossover, we discuss Alex's art, comic cons, movies, and more. The guys are hilarious. They have another podcast that it came out immediately after. It looks like it's 21 minutes long. Audio bonus pod companion to our Hogwarts legacy reaction video. Music title, Spooky Loop Artist, 8-Bit Betty, licensed under attribution, non-commercial. Okay, that's her, yeah, that's her extra, their little extra stuff. So, infinitely listenable. The Both guys are, are awesome. Chris is a buddy that I met through Tell him Steve Dave. We both happen to be same place, same time, waiting to actually get into this, uh, I, I think it was a bar at Slash club. T- uh, type place to go visit with the guys from Tell Him Steve Dave many, 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 many years ago at San Diego Comic-Con, and our love of that ended up morphing into love for one another, and it's he, just, Chris is an awesome guy, incredibly generous, uh, I mean, just above and beyond, it, you know, somebody who lets you stay over their house, and they've never really they don't know you at this point. They don't know you well. They don't know if you're, uh, you know, if you're a, a psychopath murderer. And uh, on the flip side, he doesn't know, if, you know, it, it, I don't know if he's a psychopath murderer. I don't know. Maybe him and his wife intend to cook me and, you know, and and eat me over a, a period of time. Or if, you know, I intend to turn the tables on them and, and do the same to them. Luckily, neither one of us ended up being uh, a psycho murderer, and uh, I got to uh, I got to stay over at a at a wonderful house with an amazing horror themed ambiance. Chris's house is still it blows me away. It, it's awesome. The guy has the best taste um, in, in just decor and and uh, and horror. And anyway, Chris is a fantastic guy. Wish you all had a Chris in your life. And uh although uh, gray is uh, th- that was my first meeting with with gray uh, who is the other host of, of the podcast, I could tell already Chris just he, he man sorry about that here let me move that he, uh, he he acquires and hangs out with and and tends to be with good people and that that I, I could get that immediately off of gray, his, just his energy and the way that he was talking and, uh, just a, a really sweet guy. So, uh, one thing that I do also want to recommend is not only the, uh, the podcast, the guy's podcast, uh, both of them, but, um, I also would recommend that if you're into Twitch, uh, gray has a Twitch account. Um, and let me see if I can look that up as well to get it right. Because, uh, it would be awesome if any of you guys are into twitch to go and what am i hitting oh my goodness sorry i keep keep uh getting this crazy noise all right let's see here so let me go to what is happening i i apologize for the boom boom if you guys can hear that i don't know what's bumping all right, let's try that. Maybe that, that'll work. Okay, so let me see here. Uh, where is. There's my channel, but where is Grizz? Okay. Oh, uh, there we go. It's a Grazy Game. G R A Y Z E E Game. On Twitch so if you guys can give him a follow for any of you that uh, enjoy the Twitch then uh, mm-hmm. I, I know he would be massively appreciative of that and okay I, I can hear something weird give me a second I will be right back and I'm back and I don't believe we're gonna have that problem anymore I'm sorry for the weird gonging sound in the background don't know where that came from, but it was annoying the heck out of me. So those are my two plugs uh, slash shout outs. If you can listen to a Grazy World podcast and go uh, to Grazy World on his Twitch, I don't think that you will regret it. The guy has awesome, fun energy, and their podcast is great. I just started getting into it. And I I can't wait to get back on with them at some point. Even though I talk too much, <laughs> um, I just yeah I appreciate their energy. So anyway, that all being said, uh, I wanted to talk about the one thing that I did get to watch. I I've been doing so much prep prep work for WonderCon that uh, the wife and I have not really gotten a chance to sit down and really get into anything, but. We did watch a Hugh Jackman movie that we had seen a commercial for a long time ago, and we just kind of, it, it looked interesting, but then we didn't really invest in, into, you know, searching for it. And then we ended up getting HBO Max, and we were looking through HBO Max, and we saw it pop up, and we're like, huh, that looks interesting. All right, we'll go ahead and watch that. And the movie is called Reminiscence and basically the world is in shambles it looks like uh, from the perspective that they're showing you Hugh Jackman is a some kind of detective i think is the way that they describe him but he has this technology where he's able to take you back and show you specific mem- memories and a lot of people go to him to experience good memories, uh, you know, like fond memories, happy memories that they that they had you know or, or from an event that happened in the past, and they're able to relive that memory while they're submerged in this tank, uh, kind of like a, um, one of those um, what is that called? Yeah, the, those those uh, deprivation tanks. Yeah, basically, Uh, except for rather than being in the dark, all you're doing is you're floating in water and you've got this headpiece on that is stimulating, you know, different parts of your brain and taking you through the memory. The creepy part of the movie is that Hugh Jackman's character has this technology and he's able to see... Your experience along with you, which the movie's PG 13, so you don't get a lot of. Sorry, I'm sure you can hear my dogs in the back, background, they're going crazy. Um, so you don't see any, you know, R rated sexy stuff or even R rated like horrible situation moments, you know, uh, that somebody would actually relive in real life but you do get that gets alluded to and uh you know there's a, one of the main focuses of the movie is this girl who comes uh it comes to him at one point in time and relives a memory of being with this man that she had a child with and you get to see that but uh, you, you know you don't again you don't get to see any any hanky panky going on you just it, it's it's alluded to uh, in the way that they shoot, you know, that specific three-dimensional uh, memory. But the movie, I think, was trying to say a lot of different things. Uh, one of them, that people can reform, and they can change, and that they, they can't be judged for, uh, you know, past actions. Or at least if you're going to judge, you know, someone for a past action... You have to leave room open for the possibility that that person has indeed changed. So that's one of the themes of the movie. The other one is, uh, another theme is not letting go. Which to me was actually the saddest part of the movie. Is that this movie, the foundation of it is based on the fact that people are not able to let things go. So they're not able, and now, you know, in, in this particular world, in this movie... People have the technology and access to not actually let things go, and one of the characters actually ends up pointing pointing that out. Uh, I can't remember her name. Let me see if I can find it really quick. I, there's so many times where I'm trying to remember things off the top of my head that I don't end up doing a good job. Remen, remen, give me one moment. Okay, so yeah, the cast is Hugh Jackman, Thandie Newton, Rebecca Fer, uh, Ferguson, Angela Serafan? I'm sure I'm not saying that right. Daniel Wu, which actually I liked his character a lot. And Cliff Curtis was the other person that uh, is pretty relevant in the movie. Uh, th- yeah, Thandie Newton's character... Her and Hugh Jackman. Uh, so yeah, I didn't explain this. So I apologize. Let me go back. So the world is in shambles. Uh, sea levels have risen to like this crazy amount. The movie takes place in, I believe, in Miami is the the center point for this movie, and you can see that a bunch of high rise uh, buildings are are overrun and covered with water, and only the very tops of the buildings are actually you know, they're they're above the water, and anywhere where there is space like that, that's where people are living, but the rest of the buildings are pretty submerged. At the same time, the rich have built this uh, dam slash seawall around parts of what used to be Miami, and they keep those areas, you know, completely dry, and now there's this massive separation between the rich and the poor, and... Hugh Jackman, although he has this technology, he lives in the poor area. He doesn't li- live in the completely submerged. There's a section where it looks like water you know, invades that area a lot and they pump it out constantly. But he's definitely not in the rich, rich part. He's more like middle class, I guess, is the way that you would look at it. And at the same time, they struggle to pay their rent, him, him and his partner, which Thandi is is his partner in the movie, but only a, like a business partner, not actually, you know, a a partner partner. You come to find out in the movie that she's actually been in love with him for a long time. And again, that's, so the contrast between her and, and Hugh Jackman is Hugh Jackman in particular in the movie meets a woman named, uh, which is, uh, Mia, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, who's got if if she is the person that's actually singing in the movie, she's got a beautiful voice. I haven't gotten a chance to research that yet, but I really did like that aspect of the movie. It's got a she's got kind of like a Jessica Rabbit style feel. You know, not Jessica Rabbit dimension, you know, physical dimensions, but but that kind of that sultry look. She even has a red dress in the movie that's beautiful and she sings at a bar and it's it's pretty great. So you get to see Uh, his investigation into her once she comes into his life and then she ends up leaving and he, he can't let that go. He doesn't understand why he doesn't know where she is or what's happened to her. And that's where the movie progresses and, 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 you know, everything unfolds. There are moments in the movie that are definitely brutal, even though this movie's PG 13, I would not recommend it for, you know, a young kid or, or even a young teen. I don't think it's an, uh, Appropriate in any way for for them, you know they the the way that the Batman pushed the PG thirteen envelope in one way when when it went to suspense and horror, this movie pushes it in the other way when it comes to, you know the reality of, of a maybe a seedy style of life and at the same time you know sexuality and and drugs and so it but it's it's a good watch you know it it definitely. There was a a ton of people in this movie also that were, uh, from, uh, basically alum from, uh, Westworld, which was pretty interesting. Um, and, and the movie, I guess you would say was probably low budget in the sense that, that, um, a lot of the special effects, it's not, the special effects are not fantastical. So you know you're not looking at lasers or dragons or crazy, um, uh, you know, sp- uh, chases in, in the street. The most that that is spent on this movie, as far as special effects, are the covering of of Miami and water, and also when they when they do the three dimensional, you know, replay of, of a memory. But even that doesn't look like it was very expensive to do. It, it actually looked like a pretty practical effect. So m- most of the budget I think on this movie was spent on the actors themselves, not so much on the extra, you know, there they, it does have some cool visual moments for sure. So the director definitely is, is on the science fiction, visually inclined. And, like I said, there's some kind of brutal moments. There's some funny moments in it, too. Hugh Jackman's definitely looking his age in this movie. Um, that's probably one thing that pulled me out of the movie a little bit was the the age gap between the girl that he's in love with and Hugh Jackman himself. You know, he, he still looks good. I mean, the man's in way, way, way better shape than I am. So it's not that. It's just you, you, you're starting to see the lines you know, the years on his face, which, you know, again, it, it makes a guy look distinguished sometimes, um, but with, with Hugh, because he was Wolverine, you kind of, at least for me, I never really get over that, like, I always think of him as Wolverine, so I always think of him stuck in this specific period of time and look, you know, and, and that's starting to definitely go away. You know, I just saw a picture that I ran across on Instagram of uh, Piers Brosnan and the dude, you know, old school uh, 007. The guy now has mostly a white beard, white hair with a little bit of color in it still. And the guy looks fantastic. I mean, he's somebody who's definitely aging super well. I I don't know. It made me think maybe Hugh Jackman should wear uh, or should grow a beard rather. I, I think that might, uh, that might help out with some of the look. Cause that's, that's the thing that, uh, Brazen has got going on. He's got a sweet beard. So it looks, it looks good on him. Dude looks like he's ready to be a wizard or some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of Merlin style dude. Well, I highly recommend that for uh, guys as they get older. I myself definitely have a lot of white, a lot of gray going on. I look forward to the time where it, It goes all white, 100% complete. And then I just really grow it out and look like a mountain man. So that's, that's my goal at the end of the day is mountain man. I'm, I'm going for mountain man goals. So we'll see. We'll see. And, you know, I would completely color my hair if that's what the wife wanted, but she's like, nah, I like you, you know, I like you looking old and decrepit. And I know that I could take advantage of you. No, not really. She doesn't talk like that at all. That's me. But still, you know, in the back of my mind, I think, yeah, she, she likes me weak. That's why I'm weightlifting and running. You know, I'm going to stay strong. not getting weak at all. I talked about this with, (laughs) speaking of weak, (laughs) I talked about this with the fellas on Crazy World. And, um, you know, the... The slap heard around the world. So I thought I'd I'd mention it here as well. Um, and I've heard a lot of other opinions now. You know, it's it's been on everybody. You know, every podcast that I listened to, that it's it's been brought up on there, and what the situation was, and what could have happened. And I think maybe Joe Rogan had the most gracious one, and and kind of funny to me, where you're saying, you know, just give me a year with Chris Rock. And I'll show him how to take Will Smith back <laughs> and choke him out. But, um, you know, he was saying that it, it seems like the guys talked it out and everything's all good now. I think um, the thing that was the most surprising, and, and I like I said, I talked it over with the guys when I was on their podcast, but I've had time to think about it a little bit more. I think we are really, really quick to give Will Smith a pass and there's a lot of really good reasons for that you know one he's will smith he's he's uh garnered a lot of goodwill over the years no pun intended uh you know in in his likability and the way that he carries himself at least in public in the way that we've seen it but i don't think that gives the guy a pass at all and i think I've been a little shocked at how ready people were and how willing they were to forgive that moment. And I think, I think you can say Will Smith is a great guy and you can also say he screwed up. I think you can say both things. I think both things can be true and I think they both are true in this case. I think the problem that i have is with the fact that people were so quick to forgive him and to write it off and his apology the first apology was not it wasn't it the second apology where he comes out and apologizes to to chris directly publicly that was it you know that definitely is what needed to happen now I'm not looking for perfection from anybody. I'm not saying that Will Smith can't have a bad day or a bad moment or act inappropriately. Excuse me. Not at all. Uh, I think what I'm trying to say is it was shocking and surprising to see somebody act that way on the public, uh, you know, public stage like that. It was shocking and surprising to see somebody of his caliber, um, act like that that was definitely unexpected and also you know i think he should be held to a higher standard than your average person and he should be held to a higher standard than your average um celebrity you know or well known person or actor whatever you want to say i was having this conversation with uh, kenji uh, a few weeks ago and we were talking about well known and celebrity now I was telling them I do not tend to think of people in, in the term of celebrity. Like that's not the way that I, when I think of somebody like Will Smith or, um, you know, I don't know, insert actor or actress, you know, Salma Hayek or, uh, Chris Evans or whatever, you know, I, I don't think of celebrity. I think of the vocation and, um. And I say this and I'm saying this about Will Smith and, and why this would be relevant is because, you know, it, it, whatever you might think or feel about his celebrity, quote unquote, I think of the guy as an actor. And I, I don't think an actor, a president, a police officer, a fireman, a teacher, a doctor, whatever your profession is. I don't know that that you should, you know, no, I I know for a fact that you should not get a pass for violence on someone else uh, who used words. And then when you physically confronted him, was kind enough not to go back at you. You can think whatever you want about Chris Rock. I don't think he's weak and I don't think he's a chump. Meaning I think if Chris is pushed I I think he would attack. I think he would defend himself. I think he would, you know, uh, he would allow that that side of him to, you know, to come out and play. I think the reason that he didn't do it with Will is, one, it was unexpected. Two, I think they are friends or or at least, you know, um, really good acquaintances. So, and, you know, nobody's expecting Will Smith to slap you. Like, that that's weird. That's just a weird thing to happen. So I think there's a lot of reasons why Chris reacted the way that he did. And, uh, you know, one good point that I heard on a podcast is also that you're, you're Will Smith and you're going up and you're hitting Chris Rock and that energy that you have for that is not the same kind of energy that you're going to have if it's Jason Momoa or if it's the Rock, or if it's Joe Rogan, you know, if it's a, if it's any number of people, whether those people are tough or not, but they're perceived that way in the public, that changes your demeanor and how you are going to react towards somebody. And I think that's a really valid point. I think that's a fact. I don't know that Will Smith is laughing at the joke looking at his wife seeing that she's super unhappy and then he goes and does something about it if it's jason momoa if it's the rock if it's joe rogan if it's anybody that is not going to just accept what's coming because their relationship with will smith is not the same relationship that he happens to uh have privilege, you know, he has a privilege of having with Chris Rock. And I think that's exactly what that moment was. It was realizing that he has a certain type of privilege of knowing that Chris Rock is not going to retaliate against him. He, and, and it's in the back of his mind, you know, uh, think whatever you want. You th- you can say that it was only seconds from one thing to the next But that walk from his chair, actually, the moment that he looks at his wife and he makes a decision, because it is a decision, you're making a decision in that moment, you're not, you're not picking up the car that just rolled over your child, you're not going after the guy that just slapped your wife, you're not, you know, you're not reacting out of uh, instinct. You are making micro choices in that moment. So Will laughs, looks at his wife, sees her unhappiness, makes a decision, and then it takes whatever amount of time to walk up on the stage, and he's still making a decision, and he continues to make a decision all the way up until he gets to Chris Rock, who is looks genuinely befuddled, And then Will Smith proceeds to smack the out of him. You know, there's a lot of thinking involved in that. I've been in situations in the past. I was reminiscing a uh, a while ago with a a buddy of mine that happened to come down for a very unfortunate and sad uh, event. Uh, I'm talking about my, my buddy, Jamie, uh, his brother, uh, Julian had passed away, um, a few months back, actually in October. And, um, you know, we were, we were talking and reminiscing about old times and, and we, I've been in situations with some of my friends where the things that were happening, they, those were definitely decisions and, uh, you know, they were thought out moments. And the one that I was talking to him about and, and, and I'm like, do you remember this? You know, we're at a golf, uh, golf and stuff type place, a, a, a golf, you know, uh, miniature golf place. And they happen to have racing at this location and we're all young. Most of us had just gotten married. We'd only been married, you know, a few years with our spouses. So, uh, and, and it was just this giant group of us and we all went out to this place. We all, uh, did the go-kart racing that they had there. And my buddy, his wife ended up, uh, bumping into somebody while we were racing. And the guy said something rude while we were racing. We let it go. I don't, she didn't even hear it. And I I was close enough to hear it, but you know, just let it go. We all get off the, the, the golf, you know, we all end the, the golf cart session together. We're all getting out. And that same guy, he he says something, I mean, just curses, says something super rude to her. At that point, my buddy, I mean, that's, that's his wife, my buddy, Jamie, who has a, a, I don't know if you want to say short trigger, but, uh, has no problem. I would say rather, uh, doing something about that situation immediately, by the way, in a much faster way than Will Smith, my buddy did not Hear this gentleman say something horrible and aggressive towards his wife and, and then laugh and then look at her and based on her reaction, change his mind. That did not happen at all. Literally, this guy says something to his wife, my buddy immediately, I mean, within a second turns around and he says, what did you say? And the guy says it again and that's it. It's on. My buddy starts moving towards this dude like a tsunami and this guy doesn't even know what's going to happen. The rest of us jump in front of him. We stop him. Some of our friends are holding my buddy back, like literally holding him back. In that split second, I made a decision. I, I peel away from everybody by myself and I walk over to the guy and I think he's got like five you know, five, six friends with him. I don't know, like whatever he had, it was not enough and it was not going to be enough. And I tell the guy quietly, I said, Hey man, that guy over there, he's going to kill you. Like it does not matter what your crew does. Doesn't matter who gets in front of him. Doesn't matter how many people come at him. He's coming to you and only you. And he's going to hit you like a missile. And no matter what happens to him, no matter what, other, you know, uh, uh, other people jump in. You are going to go to the hospital. That's what's going to happen. I guarantee you one hundred percent. On top of that, he happens to have his boys with him, which was me and the other guys. I said, so it's it's a hundred percent guarantee that he's going to get to you. At uh, my suggestion, apologize right now and walk away as quickly as possible. That guy's been in the military. He can kill you. And that's a fact. Guy looked at me, looked in my eyes, and I said this all quietly. There was no shouting. There was no crazy bravado. I was just basically telling this man, look, I'm trying to save your life. I think you got to walk away right now. That would be my advice. I, you know, please take it. And yeah, the guy, he's like, whatever. I'm sorry. Okay. And he just, you know, said out loud real quick grabbed everybody, walked away, and that was that. That situation, that moment, I can totally understand. I'm not saying that I'm condoning my buddy and him wanting to go over and use every bit of skill that he had available to him. Thank you, uh, you know, uh, U.S. Navy. I'm not saying that that was right. What I'm saying is, the reaction that my buddy uh, had, that split second of like, oh, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going over and I'm going to end this guy. That was maybe one of the most organic things that I've ever seen. I don't think Will Smith gets that pass. I think there's too much time between one thing and the next. Now, I will, I, I, maybe I do agree with Will Smith that maybe he had some kind of weird breakdown. I I don't know, you know, like, uh, it seems like that was a, an unstable thing to do, like to walk up to someone who's much smaller than you to slap them. And again, to live within the realm of not any real repercussions is the way that I would put it. Cause I, 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 I don't think that he expected that there would be any, and he was right. There wasn't. So that's my, that's my take on that whole thing. I think, um, I think I hold Will Smith to a higher standard. I completely disagree with what he did. I Not only do I think it was wrong, if he was prosecuted for it, I think that would make complete sense. So I think out of all of this, the guy that comes out looking really good is Chris Rock. I think he not only does he get material out of this, but I think you get to see his, um, you know, what, his person, what he's made of. And I mean, he didn't even come close to falling, by the way. It took it like a champ. Um, And I, you know, my respect for Chris Rock went up and that he's not somebody that I agree with on a lot of things. We have very different views on a lot of stuff, but I definitely respect the way that he handled that entire thing because I think he handled it uh, the way that it should have been handled. You know, I, I was saying to... Uh, Kenji and, and a couple other people, I, I think also Will Smith missed an opportunity. It's not like the guy's not quick with his mind. You know, he, he's he's he got quick wits, and I think he definitely could have gone, you, you know, he could have thrown some zingers at Chris Rock. Now, Chris Rock is a professional comedian. He's not going to win that, but that he would get in, that, that Will Smith would get into that arena with him, at least, I think would have, come across as way better and really might've even come across looking at uh, like a victim. If, if Chris Rock comes at him with his Chris Rock abilities, you know, his comedic abilities, you might end up giving, uh, Will Smith a ton of sympathy. Like there's, you know, th- he's an actor, he's a musician, he's not a comedian. There's no way he can come at Chris Rock. And maybe that would have been the headline, like, you know, comedic evil comedian says something evil about, you know, a a beloved actor's wife and then attempts to defend her and then gets, you know, gets destroyed by this evil comedian. And then maybe Chris Rock is not going to make millions of dollars from the special that's going to be coming up that uh, addresses all this stuff. So I don't know. It Just Will Smith did not play it. In my opinion, the best way that he could have. So, that's my two cents on that. Um, you know, I, I will leave you with some pretty depressing news, in my opinion. And I say depressing only because uh, I don't, I don't even know what's true and what's not anymore when it comes to this. It's just what I read, and if it's true, I don't know where it's coming from. But it's a bummer. And I'm talking about a movie that I was really excited to watch called Buzz Lightyear. Uh, I thought it was, you know, it, it look, the commercials look fantastic. It looks it looks like a like a really funny yet gritty take on on you know Buzz and and showing you his origins. And so what I read was that there was a same sex uh, kiss scene in the movie, and it was taken out. And now because of the stuff that's going on in Florida, which is so confusing, by the way, like nobody reads anymore, I guess. So like everybody jumped on board immediately and said, this bill is this thing. And I said, really? I went over and read it and turns out it's not. And uh, very head scratching, very confusing. But because of that, Disney decided that they were going to restore something that they had originally asked Pixar to take out. And this whole thing is very confusing to me. I don't get it. I understand that there's activism going on. I'm not naive, but th- the moves don't make any sense. And something just smells rotten and and something smells um, untrue in that situation. If, if Disney is going to you know, go full-throttle activism, why take something out of a movie that, you know, where it was already, the scene was already created, it was already filmed, it, it. why pull it out? Why? Why Disney? Why would they ask to have it pulled out of Pixar's movie? And then, based on this bill that... Doesn't even say what they they claim it says. Then they go, well, this is one way that we're going to retaliate, and we're going to pander uh, to. You know, th- this is maybe the worst thing of all that is that has happened in the last two years, in my opinion, is all of these companies making these moves to pander to a very small minority of, of, of a variety of groups where there's, it's very disingenuous. They, they're not, these companies aren't, aren't uh, pandering because they care about these groups. They're pandering because they think that this will bring them more dollars. And it seems so, um, you know, it it's, it's gross. It's gross. And it makes me want to, like stop going to certain places and, and shopping at certain places. And it just, it makes me want to just retreat from everything because it's, I see what the hustle is. I get what they're doing and it's gross. And I wish that more people saw it and you know, they, they, uh, they demanded better. I, you know, one one of the things that I, that I really don't want, I don't want my Ralph's or my best buy or you know whatever my my uh, bookstore you know like a movie theater chain I I don't want activism I'm, that's not what I'm there for and it doesn't speak to me and it doesn't um, it doesn't feel inclusive to me you know I it, all it does is is just make me question everybody's motives when it comes to these these companies and that's what it does with this disney thing i'm like you know i work for disney and i i don't get it It, it's such a weird move to you know we took this away and now we're putting it back because of this thing like i i don't know what's happening right now it feels like uh there's there's a bunch of madness in the world and you know one of the things that i don't want to do on this podcast and didn't want to do when, when I was doing it with Kenji, I'm not really interested in doing political stuff. I don't want to, um, you know, I I don't want to make any of my rants about any of that, but I feel like sometimes you just, you do have to touch on stuff because it, it is meaningful to, you know, this particular podcast and the things that I care about. Um, which I'm not saying, you know, like media is the thing that I, care the most about, but it, it's the thing that, that is fun. You know, I like talking about it. I like remembering stuff. I like being nostalgic about things. Um, and I like looking forward to things. That's, you know, that's the, that's the other thing. So uh, looking forward to stuff and wanting to talk about it. And it, originally that's why I started the podcast with uh, Kenji to begin with, because we would always talk about this stuff. And I'm like, man, we should just be talking about this stuff on, on a podcast. And, you know, thank God that he's gotten busy and he's, he's getting to do commissions and he's doing artwork and that's what's pulled him away from, from doing this. But I thought, well, I, I still like doing this, so I'm going to keep it rolling. So that's, you know, that's what I'm doing. But yeah, with this, with this Buzz Lightyear thing, man, I, I don't need to exp- have to explain things to my kids who are, you know, I have, I have teenagers, they know what's up but i have I have little tiny ones, and th- to them that's just confusing, you know, and I don't know how it serves a story. I don't know how it propels things forward i I don't even understand why there is a need in you know in the last ten years maybe uh you know maybe the last five really pushed really hard to inject reality into fantasy and I think that's my biggest point here I don't not only do I disagree with that but I don't get it I don't understand this desire to to weave reality into things that are for children and as children entertainment like I understand you know telling a a story that has a moral to it. I understand, um, you know, depicting a black and white, you know, reality of, of bad guy versus good guy. And also good guys making mistakes, hurt, you know, hurting people's feelings and then coming to resolutions. I think it's one of the things that Pixar has done so beautifully for the last 15, 20 years that they have been telling stories where, They didn't focus on, you know, the princess who was waiting for her prince to show up and to save her and to, you know, help her and to complete her. I love that Pixar went a different route. They told stories about brothers and they told stories about sisters and they told stories about families and they told stories about, um, you know, situations that... Uh, that are real that you get in with friends and uh, so cool and and it's all done with you know a, a really high level of comedy and it and and the situations are all absurd you know and they're still able to get that information across without beating you over the head in fact one of the things that I love the most about Pixar and, and Pixar movies is the the morality tale, and the the what would you call it? The examples and um, doing the right thing versus the wrong thing, all of that stuff took a back seat to the comedy and the gag. You know, those those always seem to be primary and on top and and the substrate, the thing underneath was the more, you know, the deeper meanings of of the things that they were getting across. And what a incredibly great and wonderful balance of storytelling. And I feel like that is going away and instead what's being replaced. And it looks like on the surface like it's a good thing, but I think ultimately it's going to be a detriment, uh, not only to Disney, but to Pixar, to any property that decides that what they're about is first and foremost activism. And what they're about is first and foremost telling you what is right and what is wrong. And then the gags and the comedy And the outlandish situations, when those become secondary, I, I think that's when you're going to lose a ton of people's interests. You're going to lose a ton of families. You're going to lose, you know, um, the, the thing that made your brand special and magical. So that's, you know, that right as of now. I'm bummed out about you know what's coming up with Buzz Lightyear. I I hope that you know if I'm if I'm not wrong, I really do hope that it's a great story and it's a great movie and that uh you know that that's not the 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 focus of the movie, but that there's real storytelling that that comes through. That's, you know, story is king to me. That's the thing that I love the most. that's that's what I want. Um, that's what I go to m- the movies for is for escapism. I talked about this you know with the wife a long time ago and with other friends. I'm I got burned out of watching reality in movies like war movies and you know things that make me cry. I'm not interested in anymore. like there's there's enough pain and suffering going on in the world in reality right now and has been going on for a long time. I don't need to escape into those things through movies. Likewise, I don't need to escape into sexuality and extreme gore and violence and you know, like I I don't need to escape, you know, to those things through movies like I movies are for me m- my favorite things are comedy The fantastical, you know, the, the fantasy aspects of of movies that like, I really want to go in and just get lost in a really great story with people doing things that I'm incapable of doing that are, have nothing to do with me, do not represent me in any way. And they're, you know, they're doing fun stuff that are just, that's outside of my experience. That's what I go to the movies for. That's what I love, um, you know, and that's that's what I look forward to. I, I don't, I'm not really interested in in reality being represented for me, and I'm not interested in representation, and I'm not interested in um, seeing myself up on screen. I know all weird, but you know, that's that I, I'm interested in. Like I said, three Spider Men showing up and giving me all the nostalgia that I could possibly have and you know, and, and I'm, I'm interested in fantastic outlandish moments, like one Peter Parker saving the Mary Jane of this particular iteration in a way that he was unable to save his Gwen Stacy of, you know, in his movie, in his dimension. Like, yeah, give me more of that, man let me live in nostalgia let me let me uh, uh, appreciate and and take me on a ride that i would never ever be able to uh, go on on my own and i i would never be able to experience you know in the real world that's what i'm looking for so with all that i hope that i see some of you at wondercon i hope that you guys have a fantastic weekend thank you for listening thank you for following along on this uh what essentially is a a rant. It's a weekly rant, and I appreciate you guys coming to this weekly rant. I hope that I offend none of you. I hope that uh, you all know that I love you. I uh, want you to drink your water, uh, eat your vegetables, and and take your vitamins, because I think that is the the way, as the uh, Mandalorian says. So, love you guys. Uh, If you get a chance, I'm on... Instagram under Alex, I-N-I-G-U-E-Z art. You can, if you type that in Alex, I-N-I-G-U-E-Z art on Google, you will see everything that, you know, all my socials that, you know, all my social media is everything. Cause I dominate uh, Google because I have a weird name and I'm really happy about that. So there you go. If you can like, and subscribe the pod and share it with uh, other people. I appreciate you guys again, and you guys have a great weekend and I do love you and stay safe, stay healthy and be kind to one another. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.